Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, August 9th from Corner of the Galaxy Studios, live on YouTube, as we always are on Thursday night. A bunch to talk about the L.A. Galaxy get through the transfer window relatively unscathed, although I think most people would have suggested maybe they got scathed. Can you escape the word? I don't even know. It's getting bored. Anyway, we're certainly going to talk about that a little bit and uh, uh, the LA Galaxy coming up, facing off against Minnesota United coming up this weekend as well. So a bunch of things to go over, your calls, your questions, everything else in between. And to help me do it, the man, the myth, the legend, the hammer, Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Vieira back in studio with me once again. How's it going, buddy? It's going great. Glad to be here again. I'm here unscathed myself. You're, you're scathed? It, uh, not unscathed. Unscathed, oh, okay. unscathed, you know, in this, you know, terrible heat and fires going on. I made it through, so it's not, it's not a pretty, pretty evening out there. So hopefully everyone's doing well yeah. who's listening to the show. Yeah, stay safe out there. I mean, you know, the sun looks like it's something from Star Wars right now. I'm expecting to see like four moons and a couple suns and... <laughs> You know, a, a lightsaber go through. That's about Perfect. my Star Wars yeah, knowledge, the by the way. Tatooine reference. Yeah, that, that, there we go. Thank you for making me sound <laughs> like I knew what I, I, I somehow I don't know, needed I just to know do. T- Tatooine's a fun word to pod with. It, <laughs> that's, I you get just, points for that. that. That's what you, if you're keeping pod points, there's one <laughs> right there. Uh, LA Galaxy in the transfer window. That is certainly what's going to take up the majority of our time today, mostly because I think it actually uh, uh, has some, ex- we have some explaining to do. Maybe the Galaxy has some explaining. You have some explaining to do, young man. Yeah, I, you're going to sit here with your, with your hands folded and you're listening years on uh, my son's first day of uh, second grade was today <laughs> that's so the mode you're in right now well yeah done. yeah that's uh that's one of those crazy things uh, i'm like okay cool uh second grade and i'm pretty sure he's gonna be driving next year by the rate everything's happening so we'll see how all that goes but yeah we're uh we're hanging in there everybody's uh everybody's hanging in there galaxy had i'm gonna tell you right now the galaxy had a busy day yesterday uh, people may not think they had a busy day. People think that they probably sat on their butts for the entirety of exactly uh, the transfer window. But I will tell you the days leading up to this and the uh, the eventual transfer deadline day itself uh, was a busy day for the Galaxy. And they were certainly, certainly um, busy on the phones and doing a whole bunch of stuff. So we're going to get into that. But the one deal that actually took place, the one thing that actually happened that everybody heard about earlier on, uh, on transfer deadline day was that the LA galaxy did indeed, uh, swap that number one allocation spot with the Portland Timbers. And in return, they got $175,000 in Tam Gam, which is always fun. I was say, welcome Tam Gam. I, I just I want- think they could they could slot well as an attacking midfield role. Tam Gam will fit right in there. A replacement for Giovanni when you need him, he gets hurt. You know, I think Tam Gam will do well in that spot. Tam, maybe maybe that's that's exactly. Tam Gam is also a defender, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, exactly. that's yeah. Wherever you need him. Wherever you need Tam Gam, Tam Gam is there. Uh, anyway, so it ended up being, and if I get this right, um, it was $100,000 in targeted allocation money and $75,000 in general allocation money. But hold the presses. Hold the presses. That money's not available right now. No, no, no. That money is only available in 2019. So uh, the LA Galaxy couldn't even use that this year. And everybody asks, of course, it was sold too cheap. I know how much the number one allocation spot is worth. And you know what? <laughs> it was too cheap. And and people even sent me off that I think last year somebody moved up and paid, 
paid four hundred thousand dollars for. Okay. It. Okay. Cool. But who who took that spot? Yeah, I think Columbus moved up okay. over somebody else in order to get somebody and did the thing, and so they paid for okay. it. Okay, great. Congratulations. Good job, Columbus. Um, here's the thing, very very simply. Uh, about what happened. And Portland was trying to bring in uh, Jorge Villafania, who was subject to allocation, and therefore they had to go through the galaxy in order to get there. Now, I have heard a bunch of suggestions, Eric. Um, it was it was very, very, uh, very... Uh, or it was suggested that the galaxy needed the defender. Mm-hmm. They probably need somebody to replace Ashley Cole. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you bring Jorge that, Villafania That's where my main team? went. If Jorge Villafania was the person who was wanting to come back and he's a defender you need to backfill your defense especially with things going on he's not old you know i think he's 28 years old so that seems like a viable option for the galaxy why wasn't this a move to be made but i think when you look and you know i was here for the the salary show the salaries are tied up so i think there wasn't a lot of wiggle room as far as money to offer him a salary once he made the roster so um so i understand that part of it, but it seemed like it would have been nice to have Villafania as a defensive option on our roster, but I, I can see where that may not have worked out. It, it wouldn't have worked out. I'll tell you right now, the, the other part about this is Villafania is coming in as a targeted allocation money player. We know the Galaxy have plenty of TAM tied up in plenty of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Siani, Jorgen Shelvik, Ashley Cole, all TAM players that uh, that take up a consider. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a target of allocation he's Mr. Money. Tam. He's Mr. He's Tam He's a spokesperson for Tam. $1.5 million the Galaxy pay him in targeted allocation money. Uh, I have said it before on this show, and I said it again. The Galaxy were trying to move pieces in order to acquire something. Okay, now we certainly know that from reports that were put out before the transfer deadline even happened, that during the World Cup and possibly directly after the World Cup or slightly before the World Cup, sometime in that World Cup frame, the Galaxy were looking to move somebody named Giovanni Dos Santos. And they perhaps offered him to two or three Liga MX teams. And being Giovanni Dos Santos is still with the LA Galaxy, I can imagine all of you know where that where that landed. They, they couldn't move him. Not a lot of him. suitors. Not a lot of suitors. This is the worst episode of The Bachelor ever, let <laughs> me tell you. No rose for yeah. you. No Jeez. rose for you. That's it. Poor You're Gio. out. You're out. I, by the way, I, I do sometimes get hooked up in The Bachelor, so let's <laughs> not... for a different pod. It is, but a different time. <laughs> um, but no, so so that's what you get. So the Galaxy didn't have the ability to put Jorge Villafania onto the roster. I'll tell you that right now. I know that for all, as close to a fact as you can get, the Galaxy could not afford Jorge Villafania onto that roster. Yeah, and that's why I say on the surface of it, you would think, but but there are tons of behind the scenes things. And and you were, you were saying the Galaxy were busy. Uh, the end result may not look like they were busy, but you know to be a fly on the wall and to hear those conversations, I would have liked to hear what other teams may have been offering, who they wanted. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we'll never know those things. But it, I, I it, got, it I would got, be it would be interesting, and I'd be interested to see what teams wanted and what the Galaxy were willing to part with, or what was their price, their asking price. Uh, because you know we'll, we can talk about it more in detail, but it seems like they're packing up shop and planning for 2019, yeah. especially with collecting money and, and assets uh, to use in 2019. So it seems like that's where the end goal is going to end up being. But I'm curious to see what they could have gotten for uh, to make a push this season. Yeah. By the way, chat room's already like more Bachelor, please. <laughs> more Bachelor. I'm a Bachelor in Paradise guy. Yeah. They also they also are giving me crap for my almost facts. That's now a hashtag. Almost <laughs> facts. It's almost a fact. I mean, it's really close to being a fact. I can. Tell you. By the way, I would like to. I, I I would like to. I'm a little hurt and I'm a little disappointed by you thinking that I don't know some of the offers that were possibly on the table. Oh, I'm and sorry. I were you in the room? I, yes. Yeah. They they called me in. I, they let I, me sit there. I, I think these people. Uh, you know, a lot of people give you you know too much flack for you. It's like the guy does a podcast. He does his best 
to cover. He doesn't know everything. Right. So I'm trying to defend you. But if you were there in the room, you know, yeah. holding Chris Klein's hand, then I guess I'm sorry. I spoke too soon. Yeah. He and I were singing Kumbaya <laughs> uh, as we as we tried to figure all this stuff out. Uh, by the way, the chat room now filled with Bachelor references. Oh, um, great. That's and, why you got to come to the live show. Yeah. Nick Nick in the chat room says, Becca made a terrible decision. She <laughs> did. It, what can you do? There's yeah. nothing There's nothing really you can do yeah. about some of this. Sign stuff. Becca. Sign Becca. Tam for Becca. That's what I mean. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you get into this part. Okay, so you're trying to sign Jorge Villavagna. If you're the Galaxy, you'd like him, sure, but you have no room to get him. So what can you do now? Well, uh, you can tell Portland that you don't want to give him the number one allocation spot. You know what, Portland? We don't want you getting better. Taking our ball and we're going home. Yeah, well, this is our number one spot. So you know what? We're not going to give you... I don't care how much money you offer us because whatever you're offering, that's too little. So it doesn't matter now. I don't want to, so you can't have Jorge Villafania, right? I mean, that makes sense. You have the number one allocation spot. You can simply say no pass and go for Portland, which sounds like a wonderful idea that you could stymie anybody you wanted to in the number one allocation slot. Except that's not how it works. So in order to keep teams who cannot add the player to see if the Galaxy could have added Villafania to the roster, they now have a claim to block the move, right? And they can say, no, 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 we like him. And you'll remember uh, a certain player by the name of Sasha Kleschen whenever he was coming back. It uh, looked like he was coming to the Galaxy and all of a sudden that deal falls apart at the last minute because a team that was in front of the LA Galaxy in the allocation order decided that they would like Sasha Kleschen as well. And the world-famous Sasha Kleschen story. There it is, folks. There it is. That's how it works. So, um, And I believe it was Dallas, by the way. If you ever run enough, I think it was Dallas who said at one point, hey, we don't need a U.S. men's national team returner. We're good. No, we're fine, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Sasha Kleschen's name pops up. They're like, yeah, yeah, we're in. We're in. We saw <laughs> all that stuff we said before? Yeah, we're, we're lying. Uh, that led to the famous Bruce Arena saying that this league needs uh, more men and less boys in it, and he got fined by Commissioner Donald Garber for it. So good, good job, Bruce. So anyway, so that sort of thing. So you can't just block a trade. It doesn't work that way. If the Galaxy say, no, we're not going to deal with you, you take them. then the, the league goes, okay, we're going to skip over you then. Because you can't put him on the roster, and because you don't want to trade the spot, cool. Who's his second in the Who's second in the allocation list? Would you like to trade your spot? Because we know the Galaxy can't do it and aren't going to do it. So would you like to trade your spot to the so Portland we Timbers? Get, we really get nothing. So if you think one seventy five is nothing, the option the other option was literally Z- zero. And yeah. by the way, when this deal was happening and, and being done, and it started in the morning and basically progressed into the afternoon, where it eventually became official and all these other things. But if you started, you were literally counting down like ten hours until the transfer window closed. And outside, listen. There is almost zero value to the allocation order once the transfer window closes. In fact, the allocation order only has value in two specific times, when the transfer window is open at the beginning of the year and when the transfer is open in the summertime. That's almost it. Technically, you could still bring somebody in that was out of contract up until the roster freeze deadline on September 14th. But that year, I mean, who are you going to get that's going to be out of contract? You're rolling the dice Mike there. Ciani. Mike Ciani. No. A Mike no. Ciani type. No, no. Roll, a, and roll the dice he would again. Have to, he would have to be American in order for that to happen. <laughs> American Mike, Mike Ciani. Ciani. I'm in. Do you know Mike, Mike Ciani's uh, ha, uh, car, the McLaren? I think that <laughs> I he saw has, that. <laughs> it has its own Twitter account. It's fantastic. It's not me. I just want to point that out. <laughs> are you sure? I'm pretty I'm, You're I'm saying you're in the back room dealings with the Galaxy front office. I think it might be you. I'm, 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 I'm promising you this, that, that that Twitter account is not mine, but my, yeah, his, his car has a Twitter account. It's and it responds to me all the time. I'm not oh, sure. I'm not sure stuff. what to think about that. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so so that's the thing. So the Galaxy had a limited amount of time there. And I'll tell you this that with no more US men's national team, it wasn't like there were three or four US men's national and that you could start up a bidding war or do anything with it. 
the Galaxy didn't have the room to add anybody to it. They were hoping to move Giovanni Dos Santos. They were hoping to move Jeff Cameron into that spot. I can tell you right now whether that was a DP slot or whether they were going to move other people around, like make his Laton a designated player and move Jeff Cameron into the targeted allocation money. They were going to do something that was going to involve that slot, and that's how they were going to do it, and that's why there was an offer to Jeff Cameron out there. All right, so everybody says, well, they could have afforded Jeff Cameron. Why couldn't they afford, you know, Jorge Villafania at 500 or 700,000 or whatever he was going to make in target allocation? Moving the Rubik's Cube around. Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. So they weren't going to be able. So here you go. Now you have it. The Galaxy then have a limited amount of time with the one person who's going to pay them money. And if that person doesn't get it, then it's going to go to the next person who's going to get paid money. And so they end up getting $175,000 out of the deal. I, I don't. I, I did this. Zero is worse than 175, which is what they were going to get. So the $175,000 in allocation money, granted, you can't use it this season. Um, it's only good for next season, which is fine because, mm-hmm. quite honestly, the Galaxy are already saying, yeah. in terms of player acquisition, we're looking at 2019 uh, in that off season. So I mean, is does do you, here's the flip side of that. If you wanted to get angry at the LA Galaxy for only making $175,000 on it. You can't argue that they've been holding on to it for so long they should have done something with it because really they never had the opportunity to get somebody back. And that's the allocation order for you. You have to have somebody who's willing to come back in order to make that whole deal happen. Yeah. So outside forces need to act on that first. Yes. Yeah, and and you really only have the transfer windows at the beginning of the season and the middle of the season in order to do that. Outside of that, your allocation spot, unless again they're out of contract for some reason, is is something else. You can get people released. That's that's how it goes. Fine. No problems. Um, when you look at, you know, what the Galaxy did, though, is they did tie their own hands in this case. And they tied their own hands by going heavy in the primary transfer window at the beginning the of the year and spending a whole bunch of money. We know Jorgen Shelvick. Yes. Uh, Ashley Cole got a whole bunch of money. Bajou Sidic actually is getting paid a bunch of money. You know, uh, Rolf Felcher, Michael Ciani. Uh, they had to pay David Bingham, uh, you know, some money as well. All of these things cost money. All of these things cost allocation money and general allocation money and targeted allocation money. And all these things cost cap space and things that they wanted to do. Remember, they released 15 players and they had to bring in, you know, another 15 yeah. or 16 Wholesale players. Changes. Yeah. So when you look at all of that and, and you look at what they tried to do, you could say, hey, they didn't leave themselves any flexibility in the summertime. But the locked-in flexibility probably comes before Siggy Schmidt in terms of what really... Look at, look at you have three designated players who are all locked in to basically the same contract term. They're all going to come up at the end of next year. Yeah, that's the gra- the graduating class, essentially, is the way it works out. And so I, I think where you're leading is that if, if you're going to be upset... It's be upset at the moves in the preseason, and I think that's what and that's why people want changes now. And so that totally makes sense that um, the Galaxy in the preseason made the moves, like you know, it's been said hundreds of times, the most expensive defense you know in the league. So they made these moves in the pre in, and I think some people may be expecting. I don't know what they want. They want the Galaxy to come out and say we made a mistake, we shouldn't assign these players. But I think this transfer window, the fact that they didn't make any moves is uh, in, in some way an admission of guilt and saying, okay, maybe we, we, we tied our hands a little too much. We didn't give ourselves you know, enough, enough play, playroom, enough money at the end to, to make a move where we needed it. So we, put, we went all in in the beginning 
some of it panned out well, you know, when, with Zlatan and using the TAM that way. And some of it didn't plan out so well with some of the f- defenders and the extra money that went out. So right now you're saying, okay, we're packing it up till, till 2019. And so if you're a Galaxy fan, I can see where that, that might be upsetting because from year to year, there are so many things that could change. Ashley Cole, uh, you know, likely won't be returning. So you're not getting to see Ashley Cole and using his skill set to help you win an MLS Cup. Um, you're, Zlatan's going to be another year older. He's going to be another year in the league. So, you know, his window maybe closes a little bit as far as what he can do, although what he's done is supernatural at this point. So maybe he can continue it, but maybe not. And so the fact that you're not going all in this season, uh, if you want to be upset about it, it the, 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 car, the hands were already dealt. It's yeah. not like much could have been done uh, to fix this, to fix what was done in the beginning. I, and so that's the part where I, I can see where if you're upset, I don't think you should be upset about this window. And obviously people have been upset since the preseason because right. of some of these moves. And that's that's justifiable, but I don't think you could be upset because of what happened during this window. I, I think the plan is there. I think that they know and, and certainly... The writing's ta- on the wall. Yeah, and certainly talking to some people close to the team, I can tell you that they're very focused on this this 2019 offseason to plug the holes. They know that they didn't have a lot of flexibility in this window. They they tried to move some pieces. Um, I'll tell you names that were thrown out were probably Ima Boateng was in there. Maybe Sebastian Legette was name was thrown out there as well. Uh, teams range as far as Montreal and the New York Red Bulls and uh, maybe even Vancouver. Um, and I'll tell you right now, the focus of all of these was on defense. So all of you sitting out there screaming, they need a defender. You're right. And they knew that. And they were looking at that. Well, look at Montreal brought in Bakary Sanya. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a big move. But again, could you have brought him in? Did you have the money to pay him? Did you have the international spots? You didn't. So, so it is what it is. Yeah, it, exactly. Um, you know, it, it's, certainly, it's certainly interesting whenever you look at how they did. I'll tell you right now, the Galaxy didn't have the room. Uh, whoever you wanted to sign, unless it was like, you know, some guy for $120,000, then maybe, And is yes. that guy going to fix fix the defensive woes that, for the season? That's not the answer. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what you, you have to think. You have to think that, and Siggy Schmidt said it, um, I think in an article that, that Kevin Baxter wrote, um, or, or maybe Kevin said it on a podcast, is Siggy said the hardest thing to do is find the players that cost $250,000. Is those guys who, 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 and get the quality you It's the high value. Right? Yeah, I mean, low price, high value. Yeah, and so that's really hard to do. I mean, you're getting somebody like that with, with um, Chris Pontius right now, mm-hmm. right? High value, uh, high value, but low cost, okay, in relative terms. Um, so you're getting some of those, but you need to have multiple. I mean, that's what Bruce Arena was good at. Whenever you go back and look at it, you had guys like Mike McGee that may not have been making a bazillion dollars yeah. was out there producing and scoring goals and being the quality that he needed. Well, uh, your Juninho's, your Marcelo Services, those are not DP guys, but those are guys who are, are essential to a roster and they fall in that range. Yeah, those are the type of guys that you need to fill with those spots. Yeah, and it, again, it all comes down to what you have and what your leverage is. Um, Steve Bank, uh, Professor Stephen Bank, uh, who, of course, teaches over at UCLA Law and is a, a great resource in terms of anything uh, FIFA or... Yeah, figures um, out all the legalese, right? Man, he, he invited me to a talk that he had on FIFA and, and different things. I loved it. I had a great time. Um, so I went up there to see that. But yeah, Steve was talking. He goes, and, and just talking about leverage, uh, a team's leverage on allocation slot sales is based on one player available bit 
player available, two, its ability to afford players, and three, the interestability of other teams with spots between the sellers and buyers. LA had leverage because of number three, basically the interestability of other teams with spots between the sellers and buyers, but lower value was a function of all three values. The the time was running out. And you can also say, and, and Steve talked about it um, in some tweets and some some other things, is you know, everybody's saying, well, just release Siani and then you get the cap relief. That's that's beyond we're beyond the point of where they were able to get cap relief. There is a certain cutoff, and that cutoff is gone, and so you can't do it anymore. And I mean, when you look at what they've been trying to do with Siani is really making him a starter, they knew they were gonna hold on to him through the end of this year. Um, I know everybody was trying to say, Eric, that you know the player clearly that they were talking about moving was Michael Siani. Uh, and, but, and like you said, and if you move him and there's not someone to fill in that spot, then you're really putting yourself in a poor position. So whether you like Mike Siani or you don't like Mike Siani, it, having Mike Siani is better than having an empty roster spot without someone there to fill uh, what he does. So I mean, you could put, you, you could put Dan Stairs, Dan Stairs in, there. in there. The wonderful Dan Stairs, who I saw this week, came to uh, my daughter's uh, youth <laughs> award ceremony. Yeah. So Dan Stairs spoke. So that was actually kind of cool to see him. There. So, so you're only going to say nice things I'm, about I'm him. I'm only going to say see, nice I things. Figured, I figured. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll say this right now that in terms of ability between Michael Ciani and Dan Stairs, I don't think there's a huge gap in there. Um, I think that they're probably pretty equal, but whenever you look at physicality you, and you lose the money as well, and you lose the you're money. having to pay someone who's not going to give you anything. <laughs> so if we're paying you, let's at least have you, Stand back there and play the part of a traffic cone, if nothing else. Some, somebody, uh, somebody in the chat room says that we should leave Michael Ciani alone because he's a gentle giant. All right, oh, very he nice. Is. Well, he, and his car is a great follow. It is <laughs> Much, probably better than watching him play soccer. Yeah, if quite anything, honestly, we should you know keep him around because to keep his car around. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. So anyway, so that, yeah, that's that's where you, again you get into all this stuff. It's all about what leverage you have and, and what you're trying to do. Um, I think that the Galaxy, again, I will tell you, I know for a fact, the Galaxy were answering phone calls all day yesterday. Uh, I know that they were answering phone calls until the transfer window closed. And ultimately, I think um, that they were looking at a perfect deal. They had to have a perfect deal in order to do something because I've had talks with people before and we talk about leveraging the future. And what does that mean? Um, you know, bringing in somebody is great, but what is that going to mean in the off season? Do you have more flexibility, which we know the galaxy are going to have more flexibility this off season. So you had to get somebody who fit the profile for what the galaxy were trying to do, whether that was a center back or an outside back or trying to shore up that defense. And by the way, the answer is probably like you don't, it's probably not one defender. That's that's the whole thing. It might be one or two, and in this off season, as you talked about, yeah. Ashley Cole probably gone. Michael Siani. It's going to be a system shift because if, if depending on what defenders they pick up, then you have some flexibility to move away from this three five two. Um, you know what they have going on because right now the reason they're doing that is because of the players that they have. So if they bring in different players, then they can maybe move back to a a four four two or maybe play around with a four three three or do some different things. You know depending on what Siggy has in mind. But with the personnel that they have now, this is the formation that works. So like you said, it's not one player that's going to come in and fix it. And when you talk about leverage, other teams know that the situation the Galaxy is in as well. They are very top-heavy. They have a lot of offense. The, def the defense needs help. So if another team knows that and they're trying to get, you know, Roman Alessandrini or Sebastian Legette, you know, for a pack of peanuts and a bag of soccer balls, that that's 
the galaxy's not going to make that deal. Six. So it has to be someone who's going to make a difference now, and they're not going to give up one of their offensive pieces to get that. So I, I, that I, makes sense. I love this quote from Siggy Schmidt, who talked after training today, um, and, and the quote was out there. Basically, he said, there are lots of teams that were willing to make us yeah, lopsided sure. <laughs> trade offers. I'm sure. Right? It's like fantasy. You know, everyone loves fantasy sports. That's the talk going around right now. Every That's the first trade you get is always, you know, a couple of third rounders for your number one pick. Then you always hit reject right away. And I'm sure those are the type of deals that the Galaxy were seeing. Yeah, I mean, there, that is exactly what it is. I mean, you look at, um, you know, somebody would offer is like, well, okay, I'll take Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> and I'm going to give you Sebastian Legit. It's like, uh, no, that doesn't work. That's not how that works. You know, that's, that's not how any of this stuff, you have to have, there has to be value on both sides. And I know that the Galaxy go through and value each of their players in terms of what they bring to the club, in terms of their money and their contract and how they would see if they were trying to buy that player, what they would be willing to pay for it. Right. Okay. And so then that makes it easy, right? Somebody comes at you and goes, Hey, uh, so I know you need a defender. Cool. I got this guy over here. Um, which, by the way, you know, uh, Chicago released uh, a defender today. Um, and Kevin Ellis was waved by the Chicago Fire. I, but, I yeah. hear he's like an American Mike Siani. <laughs> that's, that's what <laughs> I heard he's shorter than that. Um, yeah, absolutely. No, uh, Kevin Ellis was waved by the Chicago Fire. He's a defender. Um, I'll tell you this. It's the second time this season he's been waved, which I don't know if that's an MLS record. And, but Well, that's the other thing also. So who's available? If, if Chicago waved Kevin Ellis twice... Do you really want the Galaxy to be picking up a Kevin Ellis, someone like that? Is that the move you want them to make, or do you want them to stick with what they have and try to, you know, hopefully see some improvement, some gelling as the season goes along? I don't know that I'd want someone on my roster who was just released twice, just for the sake of saying, well, we got a defender, we're going to be better now. I mean, we picked up uh, Shannon Williams. I mean, have you seen tons of time? Do we, Ooh. you know, are we odd wowed by that that signing it's because he was available I'll, I'll tell you this you know kevin ellis is like it doesn't seem like he's a starting player right i mean when you look at it that's not a starting caliber and at one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, the galaxy might actually be able to put him on the roster uh by the way if a player gets waived they have to go through the rest of the teams everybody gets a chance at this player to pick them up at their salary so um I don't know if it's if it's called like a waiver draft or how they exactly they do it, but they go through all the teams. They say, "Do you want them? Do you want them? Do you want them?" And then if anybody like two teams do, I don't know. Uh, like they, if I was a player in that situation, I would not want to know that. Yeah, I know, right? No, <laughs> to no. Say, yeah, Chicago no. released you, and no other teams were allowed to touch you. Well, here's that make the, me feel a lot better. So if the Galaxy <laughs> were one of those teams who wanted to pick up Kevin Ellis as a depth they piece, the they have the option. Um, you know, they could do that. And so at $150,000, then if they picked him up straight off the waiver, then they would have to pay his salary and they would absorb his contract. Likely his contract is one year plus an option. That's what it always is. And who knows? It could be the end of the option year, right? So uh, you don't know exactly where that goes, but it would be $150,000 that hits the salary cap that you are now as the LA Galaxy. Uh, you would have to pay, you know, Kevin Ellis for this. Or if he goes through all the teams and everybody's like, nope, nobody wants him, nobody wants him, right? Then and you can, can play game, down. then you can negotiate down. But at $150,000, how much cheaper does he get? Like, does he go down to 90? I mean, well, which again, probably fits. plenty on, of LA Galaxy salaries that are in that range. So they're not uh, out of the question. Uh, it, it goes to the fact that if you want, you could go out and get that player. But what is that player going to do? You, like you said, you have Shannon Williams. Good. So you have bench depth. But he changed that comes our in. season. I, no. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't make a difference. That's that's really what the problem here is. That you need players to to impact your team. And when you look at what you're going to give up and what the Galaxy were going to give up, and I'll tell you right now, they were looking for the perfect deal. I know that's what they were looking for. All right, they were looking at yes, we're getting value. Yes, this makes sense. It fits what we were trying to do. And you have to remember again, this is another important part. I think everybody sort of 
doesn't remember. The Galaxy were built with a 4-5-1 in mind in the offseason, and then Zlatan came in, and now they're playing a 3-5-2. So what the, you know, Siggy Schmidt has to look and say, what are we playing next season? How are we going to look next season? So does this person coming in fit what we're trying to do, knowing that you're going to lose Siani and you're going to lose Cole and you're probably going to lose Baggio Hosidic and Joao Pedro, which, by the way, I think I just gave the Galaxy almost $2 million. Um, <laughs> and, and breaking my heart in the process. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that, Joao Pedro. Hey, <laughs> I like him. Wrong. I like him, but, you know, he'll be, Rolf, he'll be, Rolf he'll be is flourishes getting, somewhere else. Rolf is getting ready to come back. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so you know, I know Rolf has been doing his yoga and all the stretches, nice. so... <laughs> And flexing, hopefully not flexing that pec too wow. too hard. Didn't you think that was like that was the hardest thing for him to do this whole time? I, I want to flex the, the muscle. Pec, you don't know? want to do the pec jiggle. I I I'll, by the way, anytime so you got to watch the live show. Josh is doing the pec jiggle right now, folks. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Look at that. Oh wow, he's got his shirt off now. Everybody on the stream is like, no, this isn't. <laughs> this is not. This no, is not we just no. lost viewers. There we, it goes. There it goes. The, the account drops off immediately. But no, I mean, I, every time I think of Rolf Felter, he has an Arnold Schwarzenegger um, uh, uh, accent. Yeah, like Austrian accent, which. He's no, that doesn't work. But I, that's how I go. So it's it's one of those things. And, and the other thing that I want to mention while we're talking about this transfer window, I think um, some fans were upset that the Galaxy didn't make moves during this this transfer window. But I think it's important to know they wanted to make a move. They were open to offers. It's not like they sat and they looked at their team and said, you know, we don't want to hear any offers. We're not going to we're do good. anything. We're good where we're at, and this is the team that we're going to write into. They they listened to offers and. The offer just didn't land their way. I think that makes me feel a little bit better knowing that Josh was in the room and, and was listening to those offers, and it just it just didn't happen. I was rejecting constantly. Yeah, I was like, enough. nope, that doesn't make any sense. Nope, nope, that's going to have to. You're going to give me way more Tam <laughs> and a Snickers bar. Nice. Um, that's really where it goes down. But yeah, I mean, listen, they were trying to get defenders. They knew what they were trying to want. They, they listened to a lot of deals. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I know that. Um, that's an, another almost fact. Uh, they listened to a bunch of deals. Which I think also could be important playing into, if we're looking into 2019, they now know what other teams are willing to part with or what other teams value. And so that gives them some ideas if they want to you know, use those other teams and use that to their advantage going into next season, it gives them something. And you mentioned, you know, we need to look back at the beginning of the season and how the Siggy was thinking about this team lining up. It reminded me, you know, let's think back to the 2017 LA Galaxy. I know a lot of people have forgotten. We were talking preseason saying, you know, is Jack McBean going to be the guy who we can ride and be an MLS forward and score goals for us? And now we have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So it's not like changes haven't been made and things aren't looking on, we're not on. We're on the upswing, is what I'm saying. We're not. We're not hoping and praying that one of our uh, USL, you know, promotions is going to flourish in, in Major League Soccer. We're now. We have a team. It's just finalizing those pieces. Yeah, you know, Mike. Uh, Mike brings up a, an important point in the chat room. Um, two points actually. He says whoever the Galaxy would pick up would have to be better than Michael Ciani. I would say that uh, it would have to be much better than Michael Ciani. Like, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. This guy is going to fix our center back problems, and it's good that we're going to have him for next year and the year after that yes. as well. That's who you were looking for. And then the other one is that you know Liam Ridgewell was was floated a bunch of times there, Eric, and obviously a Portland defender who's out on you know not really playing that much. I think he was. Is he a designated player for them? He was at one point. Ugh. Um, so a, a center back, and they're like, oh, well, Ridgewell's certainly going to come to the Galaxy for the for the number one allocation. No. Is he an upgrade on C- <sighs> yeah. Feels like that's apples for apples. It's it's not it's not one of those home runs, or at least it hasn't been. At one point, it was. He was very good at one point for the Portland Timbers. Uh, I don't think he's regained that form for a while. So, And I know he was injured a little bit as well. But no, that was never going to happen. One, because we keep telling you, there was no room in the salary cap to be able to bring in somebody but with that much money. I think p- people who may have wanted that move, or if you, if you make that 
move. It's just for the sake of shaking things up and, and rolling the dice and saying, you know, it's obviously not a home run with Siani back there. So let's try Ridgewell back there and see if it makes any difference. So uh, you may have rolled the dice there, but okay, I, don't, I don't know that it would, you would have been 100% better. But you're still stuck. It doesn't with, fix things. Okay, let's pretend for a second the Galaxy had the, te- the Ooh, cap like space. Fantasy right? world. Yes, Here I we know. go. They had the cap space to bring in Liam Ridgewell. So you're just going to keep Siani on the roster at 620K <laughs> and move him to the bench. I mean, that's what should happen because if, he's not great. If you're playing to win, then that's that's what you're trying to do. And, you're, if, and if you're bringing him in to replace Siani, then obviously that's the move. So if you throw salaries out and you're making the move strictly, strictly for on-the-field decisions, then yes, that would be the move. But Again, that's shaking things up for the sake of shaking things up. I don't know that that fixes much. I, I've said it before. I think the Galaxy, in in multiple ways, are a, a playoff team right now. I think that they're right on. And I'm not saying they're they're MLS they're Cup contender. Okay, that's not that's different. Next year we can talk about the are they MLS Cup contenders because here's the here's the progression plan. All right, here's what here's what I think is is trying to fuel the Galaxy is that in 2017 they were worst team in franchise history. They finished dead last in the league. Okay, cool. This year, in 2018... I'm looking at the wooden spoon right now. Yeah, I was going to say. 2018, they are a playoff team. Cusp, but they're, they're a playoff team. So in 2019, they're an MLS Cup contender. Because they have to be. They're going to plug the holes that they have. They're going to revamp the roster where they need to. And, by the way, I'm told, don't expect... Don't expect wholesale changes. This isn't about... Yeah. Well, you don't want wholesale changes. No, you, you have a base now. Mm-hmm. And I know people will argue, but you do have a base. You have Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You have Ola Kamara. You have Sebastian Legette. You have Giovanni Dos Santos. People are going to roll their eyes. Jonathan, Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Dos Santos. You have Perry Kitchen. You have, you know, Roman Alessandrini. Um, yeah, don't bury the lead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Roman. I apologize. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you have these players that are a good base. I would even say that you have good depth in a lot of positions, which that includes guys like... Like uh, Dave Romney, that includes Boateng, I'll, I'll say yeah, Ima Boateng, mm-hmm. da- Daniel Stares. I mean, those are good depth pieces as well that you need. That on an MLS roster, you need guys to be making what they make, and maybe they're not starters, right? So but making an impact when they're plugged in. That's it. And, and when you look at it on the face of it, you want to say, well, we should be contending for championship. That's the whole purpose of this. But at the end of the day, it, only one team wins the MLS Cup, and I think. There are 22 t- teams who are not going to go home with the championship. So it, it's not that terrible to say, okay, we're thinking of the future. So th- that's the one, you know, if we're going to go rainbows and butterflies and really, you know, spin this in a positive light, it's it, it's not a terrible thing to, to plan for 2019 because you still have a team that you can get into the playoffs and with Roman Alessandrini and Zlatan, and if Gio turns it on and if you see a good game from Jonathan, then, y- you know, they could hurt somebody and they can make, you know, one of those, uh, you know, they can, you catch Atlanta at the wrong moment. You catch, uh, you know, FC Dallas at the wrong moment, and and points can be had. So you never know what can happen with the roster that we have. It's not a shoe in. It's not a guarantee. It's not like you can look at this roster. I think it was uh, was it 2016? 2016. You looked at the roster and you said it's a done deal. We're winning MLS Cup. It's not. It's not like that situation. But you know. But balls can bounce a certain way, and you could see this team making some noise in the playoffs while they're not necessarily runaway title contenders. Well, I'll tell you this. If the LA Galaxy defense could uh, could give up an average of one goal less a game, the Galaxy would like run away with points no. for the rest of the season. 
Um, because Again, fantasy world. Here we are in fantasy world. <laughs> if hey, if they could just suck less on defense, um, <laughs> then yeah. we're good. We got this. Yeah, no, it, it makes a lot of sense. So I mean, that's that's those are all the positions the galaxy are in. You have to think about what's happening in the future, um, what is coming up in 2019. And I don't like that because in MLS you really do have to be like this season, this season, this season. And certainly with Zlatan, and he's playing, and he's healthy, and all those things could be different next year. Yes, whenever that's he, my concern. Like, if he that's gets why injured yeah that's and that's where I, here we go now i'm going to go on the other side okay and that's why it, you know when you see these moves at the preseason and granted they maybe didn't know that they were going to get slots on but at the same time here you have him you know scoring machine leading the team in goals and you're not going to be able to to ride that into a championship run that's kind of that's really disappointing and and i will bring up ashley cole again being able to util, utilize his skill set in a final that'd be really helpful so that it's upsetting <sighs> To, to see you riding a red-hot Zlatan, because he's red-hot right now, into a playoffs and not having the defense to support him, it's frustrating. The, the Galaxy should be ashamed of what they've done to Ashley Cole. They should be ashamed of what they've done to that, to that player who is out there, who is so good at what he does, and that they didn't get him a championship with the LA Galaxy, that he didn't get the captain in an MLS Cup game. Maybe they will. Maybe maybe this year, maybe they surprise every again, maybe the defense stops sucking. Maybe they figure it all out. Maybe all these things come together, Eric, and all of a sudden you have a team and you have a galaxy who is doing their job on defense and the goals continue to score. Uh, if the defense gets even a little bit better, this team yeah. gets it so need to much get, better. It doesn't need to, you know, be a hundred percent better. It just needs to be fifty percent better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. Like yeah, they, if they gave just up a little bit, if they gave up like one goal, a one game, or two, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll, they're going <laughs> to score goals. I mean, you look against Atlanta United, maybe you have a problem. You know, you look at FC Dallas, maybe you have a problem. But those are the elite teams in the league. You could beat them in a home and home series. We saw San Jose beat FC Dallas this past weekend, wasn't it? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, my picks yeah. on another podcast did not go over very well. Um, <laughs> well I, it was very, this was one of those weekends. It was one of those MLS. Yeah, MLS has a, has a reputation, and this was one of those weekends. My, my lock was Atlanta United is surely going to beat the ever-living crap out of Toronto. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. And a 2-2 draw. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Perfect. that one. Just like you drew it up. Wonderful. Um, yeah, so anyway, so yeah, that's it is. It's a very sort of crazy, weird um, league, and you don't know what to expect. But if they can get a little bit better, they could still do something. But ultimately, what they're looking at right now is targeting 2019. They fixed most of the problems. Uh, let's go again, go over the players that they brought in. And I like Perry Kitchen. I know people don't like Perry Kitchen. I like Perry Kitchen. I like what he does. And I think if they paired him with an actual defensive midfielder there instead of Jonathan Dos Santos, who tends to not play defense, I think he would be a lot better in terms of his effectiveness. You um, don't. You yeah. think Perry Kitchen needs another defensive midfield I think rhythm? I, well, because they're playing in a 3-5-2, which somebody tried to yell at me and tell me was a 3-2-3. Three, three. It's called football, Josh. Yeah, oh, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, get out of here. And like, they, in order to do that, they had to show me the, the app that told them that it was. Perfect. I'm like, I could tell you. I yeah. have another app that will tell you a different thing. Anyway, so <laughs> because they play in a 3-5-2 and they sit the two DMs, Okay. In front of the of the defense, right? And that's supposed to be Jonathan so Dos Santos and Perry Kitchen. So he'd be like a stopper, essentially. Yeah, but you don't get that. What you get is you get Jonathan Dos Santos and, uh, going up over top of Perry Kitchen, and then you get Jonathan Dos Santos not coming back on defense, which is still his responsibility, mm -hmm. even if he inverts up above uh, Perry Kitchen. So that, because you know Gio's not coming back down the center of the field. So look how you, who you have in the center of the field to stop people sometimes. You have Giovanni Dos Santos, you have Jonathan Dos Santos, you have Perry Kitchen, you have Michael Ciani, and you have Jorgen Sheldick. Tell me where the soft is in the LA Galaxy defense. Oh, it's down the middle. Uh, and <laughs> right then it's then it's on the outsides if there's speed. 
right? So, I mean, yeah, those are you go the... after Ashley Cole with speed. Yeah, and Dave Romney on, with and speed. And if you have Alessandrini or Pontius, you know, on that wing back role, then they're not a, they're not elite defenders, so that you're going to be able to attack them there. So, hundred percent, see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I mean, so that's that's sort of. And if Jonathan was able to bite people on occasion and get nasty and stop, keep people from thinking. You saw Kellen Acosta in the Colorado game get a ball that that Jonathan Dos Santos tried to poach and then run for 15 yards without anybody picking him up until Carrasco was able to slide over and try to move him off a spot, and he didn't. And Kellen Acosta just ran in yeah. one direction and made a shot. And to, to Jonathan Dos Santos's defense, you know, he does make the attempts. You know, he just falls flat on, on some occasion, and people, I, I, he, people get around him. If it's, it's an all or nothing, that's the he either, problem. He either is 100 percent there and he gets the steal, or or you just do the right poke and you're around him and, and he's gone. There's no there's no settling and standing a man up and and making them possess or making them make a move. You either get right past him or he stops you. There's no no middle ground there. Yeah, and my my other problem with it is once they get past him and he chases, he chases from behind. He's never going to get in on a challenge again. That's and what so I'm he saying. just yeah, he's not yeah. standing anybody up. No, no, it, it doesn't happen. And so that's that's really what it is. And and with Perry Kitchen, and this is why I, I rate Perry Kitchen over Servando Carrasco because I thought I thought that last game in Colorado was the perfect example of why Perry Kitchen is a better player than Servando Carrasco in that role. And Carrasco's good when he's paired with Kitchen. I like that better. That's that's a good thing. But Perry Kitchen will, well, he'll break your ankles. He will he will kick you. He'll hit you with the kitchen sink. Thank you, folks. Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm going to show wow. myself out. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Kevin would be so proud, the panda himself. Um, yeah. So, no, I mean, when you look at it, that, that is, and, and I think the kitchen is a nasty player in terms of he's not a player that you want to run through the middle at. He'll make you think twice. Yeah. And there's nobody else in the galaxy who'll do that. I mean, quite honestly, you know who the perfect pairing for Perry Kitchen would be? Nigel DeYoung. Put those two together next to each other. How'd you have to say that? Game over. Nobody's coming through the middle anymore. Uh, that's a genius idea. That is the, that well, is the move. We're going to have to, well, the galaxy would have to deal with lawsuits because of the dead bodies <laughs> that would have to be carried off the field. Oh, uh, poor Darlington Nagby would have to be rolled off the <laughs> field in a wheelchair again, right? Yeah. Oh. What what a wonderful bit of theater that was. <laughs> that was that's you go back and look. That's good something times. you're gonna remember Those on your deathbed. Times. You're gonna be like, I remember when Nigel DeYoung almost killed Darlington Nagby, except he didn't. Um, so no, I mean that that's where I see it. So you look at at where the galaxy sit and where they need to improve, and it's not wholesale changes as we were talking before. There's a piece here, a piece there. You know you're gonna get another center back. Jorgen Shelvik isn't going anywhere, boys and girls. I'll tell you right now, the galaxy rate Jorgen Shelvik as a good defender who needs a good partner. And they, they don't think he they have that in Michael Ciani. Well, I, I think you said Perry Kitchen needs another DM alongside him. I think Jorgen Shelvik, if he has another center back, you know, a competent center back, I think that makes a difference. Yeah. Because I don't know that you'd necessarily, depending on what formation or what style they want to go with, need a second defensive midfielder next to Kitchen. But you definitely need a second center back there. And so that's a, move, that's a more likely move in a scenario where the Galaxy can improve. Because, you know, we're, we're locked in with Shelvik. Again, like it, don't like it, salary, whatever you want to look at. We got him, so you know, bring in the help and bring it in where it's going to make your defensive line better. Somebody, somebody made the suggestion that it should be Kitchen, De Jong, and of course Sergio Ramos in the back there. That sounds done and done. <laughs> Lock it up. <laughs> Lock it up. Do we have Tam? Does Tam Jam pay for Sergio Ramos? I don't know. 
I think it should, though. I think there should be an exception. <laughs> just that way I can see the outrage on that. Uh, uh, somebody's asking again, you know, maybe even does, does Jorgen Shelvick, uh, and this is Nick in the chat room, Nick says, you know, does Jorgen Shelvick move out left whenever Ashley Cole goes? Because we know he's a left back. We know he played left back a lot. And then you bring in two center backs. Bring in two center backs. A new pairing. That works, too. Maybe you go and get them from the same place. That way they already know the, how to play with each other. Wouldn't that be awesome? There's an idea. Find a for, pair. Get them from the University of Maryland. I think <laughs> we've done this before. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the draft works like that anymore, unfortunately. Um, no, well, you, here, Hilliard Arce, we got. I mean, we plug him in the middle. I think you give him time to grow. He's someone I could see as a competent center back in this league for the future. It's, is he ready next year? Does he make you an MLS Cup contender? He's I don't depth. know, but but he's depth. He, he's depth. I, I don't. I'm not going to say no because I think that he could be an answer there eventually. But I don't love his size. His size isn't great. I like Michael Ciani's size. Uh, he, he replaces yellow Van Dom in that, in that one sense that there is a big body back there. Now, um, <laughs> he does who said it is a gentle giant. He doesn't play that way. He plays small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah. I, I could see it. Well, Omar Gonzalez, you bring Omar Gonzalez back to play center back. Mm, would you, I'm just going to stay quiet. Would you it's bring Omar Gonzalez <laughs> back? I would not, me personally. But you're in the room with the Galaxy. What would you do, Josh? Yeah, I'm in there all the time. They ask me my opinions. Ashley Cole, actually, he's the one who comes to me all the time and <laughs> says, uh, he asked me for my almost facts. Um, no, I wouldn't. I, I think he'd been there, done well, that. Well, okay, let's rephrase yeah. the question. Would you trade him now for Mike Ciani? Would you rather have Omar Gonzalez back there this season, to close out this season instead of Mike Ciani? That I would do. To close out the season, would you have Omar Gonzalez? Like I, if he were available at ste- Fantasy World... Up. I think it's a step it, up. It makes them better. doesn't solve the problem, but it makes them better. Oh, man. <laughs> we love Fantasy World. Yeah, here. it does. And by the way, uh, somebody made a, an excellent point that uh, Hugh actually said it in the chat room. He says, AJ De La Garza was a great center back, and he was small. Yeah. But he was paired with Omar Gonzalez. Need big, yeah. You, you need, need to pair the yin big. and yang. And Jorgen isn't a big. He's tall, but he's not... He's not formidable, which also which makes me think that the pairing of those two was close in idea. They did get the complimentary piece for Michael Ciani on next paper. to him. It, look, it looked great. It looked great. If they were playing a defense on film, that yeah. would be who you would cast as your defensive line. Well, 2016, <laughs> and that, that, that roster wins MLS Cup on paper. Yes. Right? I mean, you go back and look at I, I Every once in a while, I look at that, and I'm oh, man, I can't believe that. That's crazy. Um, I've been watching some old highlights, some old Galaxy highlights from uh, like MLS Cup. Uh, and, and, uh, and the, this, the famous Seattle playoff game in 2012, oh. where Robbie Keane stole Christian Wilhelmson's, uh, goal, <laughs> um, just things. And by the way, I think we said it on another pod. Christian Wilhelmson is like really good friends with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Like they know each other very well, which I always thought was interesting and, and just, I don't know, just one of those weird points <laughs> of connection. Did they go to school together? Grade school I think together? they may have actually, that like they went to school me. or they they grew up around each other and there were a whole bunch of people who went to the school as well. It's like, they oh, circle yeah, the to, same Ikeas. They kind of hang they, out in the same, that's exactly same what it was. meatball station. Yeah, exactly. No. So that's what it is. All right. So, I mean, that's really what it is. I'll go over some of the some of the compliance dates and, and everything that you needed to know. The, the transfer window is closed. We know that it closed on August 8th at 9.59 cent, uh, Pacific time, <laughs> which was 11.59 central time because they don't use Eastern time. Yeah, I was, I was doing the math on that. I found that odd, but hey, whatever works. MLS. MLS for the win. No, Sport like, of the why, future. Why wouldn't you just do it on the East Coast <laughs> time? Everybody's used to converting that, like the three hours. You had to do two hours and everybody's like, wait, what? Um, so that's, that's where that's closed. The next 
uh, sort of big mile marker in this season is September 14th. That is the final 30-man roster. That is roster freeze day. That is when you cannot add anybody else. Remember, between now and that day, you can add anybody you want who is outside of a contract. So they have to be either free from contract or released from their contract. However that happens, that's how you can bring people in. They have to be free from contract in order to be brought in outside of a transfer window. And there are no transfer windows that are open uh, right now because I think the EPL actually closes today, uh, August 9th. So all the transfer windows go away and we're done. That makes sense. Okay. Good. I came for the compliance dates. Yeah, that's that's what you really wanted, right? Uh, all right, so that's where we get uh, some other LA Galaxy news. LA Galaxy Two have released Julian Boucher, which is an interesting little twist in things. You remember Boucher was playing and trialing with the Galaxy during the preseason. Uh, it was actually thought at one point that he would be brought in for depth at center midfield and ended up signing with LA Galaxy Two. Uh, Captain them for most of the year is generally known as or generally thought of as a. Um, a very good USL player, but he was also in MLS for two years yeah, before that. So quadruple I mean, a yeah, yeah, player. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Uh, and the fact that he's released, I don't know why that they, they got, they released and why him. now that and seems odd. Maybe they're setting him up. So that way he could go out and sign with another club. Yeah. Because he's out of contract. Like he go. said it before September 14th and someone wants to take a flyer on him. It's, it's doing him a favor in that regard. Well, and and then, of course, uh, <laughs> I loved it because the LA Galaxy put out a press release during the transfer window while it was open. Uh, they, they did indeed sign a defender. It was just for LA Galaxy 2, which I thought was like, <laughs> dude, you can't, couldn't you just do it the day before or the day after? You don't have to do it. It's a bad look. Right now, but LA Galaxy 2 signs defender uh, Justin Fittis. Uh, from the Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, Mike Munoz, who is the head coach for LA Galaxy 2, says we are excited to add Justin to our roster for the remainder of the season. He is a young process, prospect that we believe will challenge our players on defense and make an impact in the USL for us. He's hungry, he's eager, and he's flexible. I don't know if that means he stretches a lot. I think that's on your your LinkedIn profile. That's exactly He's hungry, he's eager, and, and he's, he's flexible. flexible. Uh, and uh, Mike goes on to say he can play on the left and right hand uh, side in multiple formations. Uh, let's see. He's five foot 11, 160 pounds. Uh, again, the last club he was playing for, the Vancouver Whitecaps. He was actually, I Proper. think, the 17th overall pick in the 2018 MLS Super Draft. So he's a first-round pick. So is, is he someone we, that we think you know, if given the right minutes, can get called up to the senior roster? I think that's what they're taking a flyer on, that, okay. that, that that's a possibility. Um, again, I don't know if that's going to, that will play out, but I think that is, you know, it's a, it's a luxury to have a USL team to be able to do this and sort of try them out and be like, okay, and if you're doing that now, you sign them now, and you, you get know to what play you with the USL, you know what you got in the offseason, right? Yes. So there you go. So some more depth pieces possibly falling into everything. We've talked about it before, but Zlatan Ibrahimovic is approaching his 500th goal. Uh, uh, the chance for that against Minnesota United is very high. So he's two away, according to Zlatan. Uh, and whenever Zlatan speaks, that's what you listen. Right. That's the only one that matters. Speaking of shaky defenses, yeah, Minnesota United coming to town. It's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting because they have a dangerous attack, which is certainly should this make the galaxy be a fun game. Yeah, it should definitely make the galaxy feel a little yeah. bit uh, uneasy as it goes. But anyway, Zlatan sitting on 498, according to him. Uh, and I do believe that the club has something planned if he scores two goals against Minnesota. But I actually have a feeling he's going to score his 500th goal on Tuesday night because that's, nobody will be there. Again, that's so MLS. I'll be there. Yes, and I, you, I put in a call to Zlatan. I said, you know, I'm, not, I'm unable to make it Saturday. So if you score one, just hold off. You know, Siggy's agreed to sub him out. That way, when I go to the game on Tuesday, I'll get to be a part of 
whatever thing that you seem to be hyping up goes on here. I don't know if it's someone flying in on a balloon, a parachute, you know, Zlatan, inflatable Zlatan comes out. I, I, I don't mean, know what's going to happen, but I hope hologram. to be there for that. I hope yeah. to be there for that. Yes. So anyway, so that's the, the Tuesday night game. We're going to have a Monday night show to get you ready for that Tuesday night game. So uh, hang in there with us on that one. But anyway, LA Galaxy facing off against Minnesota United coming up on Saturday, August 11th. Uh, that's a 7.30 p.m. kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet and Spectrum Deportes for all of your wonderful watching uh, pleasure there. If you're not going to be at this game, I would, of course, question why you're not going to be at this game because it's going to be a very good uh, Saturday night Saturday game. Night. This, yeah, Saturday night games are the best games to go to. And again, I know I just finished ex- saying that I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be on the Tuesday game, but that's because I'm a glutton for punishment. But a Saturday evening at the StubHub Center, it doesn't get much better than that. No, it doesn't. Here, here's the interesting thing and sort of that's sweeping Minnesota United. There's a couple interesting points to point out. Um, points to point out. That's wonderful. That's good. Um, they, they're starting a five-game road trip. They literally will not be back at home in Minnesota until September 22nd. September 22nd is the next time they play a home game. Five games on the road for Minnesota United, a team that's already struggling, a team that has only won one game on the road all year. They're 1-9-0, will be going on a five-game road trip. I have to imagine that has them shaking in their boots. The the only negative, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, is that we're the first game on that. If we got them closer to September 22nd, I'd feel very, very good about this game. But the fact that we're the first one up is, you know, like you mentioned, they've got a potent offense. They've got, you know, Darwin Quintero. And, and this isn't uh, the Minnesota United expansion team that's been beaten up. It seems like they've evolved thanks to thanks to Darwin. Yeah. they it's they, my, it's they joke there. Darwin Evolution. Darwin Evolution. Yeah. That, yeah, was thank the, you. that was the one you wrote down beforehand <laughs> and then, then somehow worked into this. I, tr- I try to make it as seamless as possible. I, I couldn't tell. I couldn't <laughs> no, tell. I'm neither sure, could anyone else. I'm that was the problem. I'm sure. I'm sure. No problem. <laughs> You know, that, that is the thing. So, But here's the other, another thing that's sort of hitting Minnesota. Uh, Christian Ramirez went to LAFC. We yes. saw that trade happen. Uh, I believe it was like $800,000 uh, and possibly more in targeted allocation money, general allocation money. A ton of money. Yeah, the, the LAFC threw in a couple hats in there as well. Yeah, there was a lot going on with that deal. Some hats. Crack me up. All right, that's good. <laughs> uh, anyway, they, they in that trade, you know, Minnesota, he was a pretty well-liked player, mm-hmm. both in the team and, a fan favorite. and a fan favorite. Um, and so, uh, one of the reporters who covers Minnesota, uh, it's Megan Ryan. Uh, she goes by the other Meg Ryan on Twitter, <laughs> which I think is awesome. Um, had a little run in with Minnesota, uh, in this particular area because she wanted to get reaction to that trade. Um, and she tweeted out, we'll be hearing from Adrian Heath and Mani Lagos soon. Uh, the club has declined to make any players available after practice to react to the trade, which is against MLS media access policy. Now I know that that immediately hit the, um, the league office, and eventually somebody was made available to react to the trade. Um, but that's that's really not how it works either. In fact, all players will be will, should and would be available to react to the trade and talk, and then they can't do it. It shows that Minnesota was worried about the players being asked about it and worried about the effect that asking would have. And so I don't think it's a surprise right now to think that Minnesota United, if you're on that team, has to be feeling like, you know, your team's not necessarily taking you mm-hmm. very seriously right now. And Minnesota United is sitting in ninth in the Western Conference and 15th um, overall. So they're not exactly world beaters, but they're get, they, they're not out of the playoff race at all. Especially when you look, you know, Real Salt Lake sitting in that sixth spot. Um, Minnesota United in tw- 28 points, Real Salt Lake 34 points. That's, you know, two wins and they're in a playoff spot. So it's not, they're not 
you know, on in the hunt, but they're not exactly that far away either. So it's interesting. And and you bring up a great point about the how Minnesota players might be feeling coming into this game because if they can get rid of, you know, a fan favorite, um, you know, to a contending club, then what does that say about the rest of the people on their roster? So maybe morale might be a little bit down there, especially if they knew that releasing players was going to cause some type of stir, then they know that there are going to be some emotions in that locker room. Yeah, and I think there will be some emotions in the locker room. I think it's going to be something that, that'll be difficult. Now, the good thing is, that Christian Ramirez can literally probably just pop down uh, from from up a, a little bit further north and come down and visit. <laughs> yeah, he'd and make everybody feel better. Hop in the suite and watch the game. That's right. So he could come down and, and make them feel better. But it is something to pay attention to. Uh, again, I think Minnesota is uh, on the verge of being a team that you actually need to worry about. Um, and certainly we know that the LA Galaxy, uh, in their ever wonderful uh, progression this year, as a team that you expect to beat some of these poorer teams, has, of course, not beat the poorer teams whenever they have the chance. Talking about DC United, San Jose Earthquakes, Colorado Rapids, all of those are drop points games. Well, yeah. Look at or the Orlando game. Yeah. You know, the Orlando game should have been a layup, and that they made that a difficult game. Yeah, no, and they did, and and so they tend to play down to their opposition. I, I, that shouldn't be a surprise. The Galaxy have have done that on occasion before, so um, it's tough in MLS. The the teams aren't separated by that much, so it's h- tough to say, oh, you know, this team is good and this team is bad. Um, we talked about the luck index that ESPN did about the English Premier League on Monday night with Kevin, um, and I was trying to think if the Galaxy were lucky or if they were. I think the Galaxy had they they been up- lucky or they've been unlucky. It depends on what, what you call, how you define Zlatan. If you say what Zlatan does, you know, if there's some luck in there, I think it's magic. I think there's sorcery involved. But uh, you could say that it's luck, or you can just say that bringing in a player of that caliber changed their, changed their fate. But I think the Galaxy have been lucky on occasion. Yeah, uh, just, a, just a little note that I wrote down for myself. Giovanni Dos Santos, who, Siggy Schmidt said, should be available to play some role in this game. <laughs> If you want to take Let's that, be vague. I'm like, oh, good job, Let's Make Winter. it a little more vague. Yeah. So in my mind, what that means is that Sebastian Legette will probably start it, in, in. I read in, that as he's not starting. Yeah, yet. as Giovanni Dos Santos uh, will come off the bench if he's needed to come off the bench, and if not, they're going to give him an extra week to play. But Giovanni Dos Santos now has played just 35.9 percent of the total available minutes to the LA Galaxy this year. That is your highest paid player. Uh, Eleven games played, nine games started, 744 minutes total on the year equals 35.9 percent of minutes played in 2018. Also, of note, just before we get there as well, also written down on my little sheet, three games in seven days for the LA Galaxy. They yeah. go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, so it's going to it's gonna be tough. And going, going back to Gio and the minutes played, so I know, yeah, he hasn't played many minutes, but at the same time, the, the reason why him missing out uh, against Colorado was frustrating and why, you know, the, you know, Siggy's words you know, may not be very settling is because he went on a nice little tear. When he came back from the World Cup, he seemed motivated. He seemed like he was, you know, making making some moves and, and seemed to be playing well. So the fact that he wasn't able uh, to suit up, that it's frustrating because it seems like we're going back to the Geo uh, who started the season, who was frustrating a lot of people, myself included. So, yes, I was so you know, that, that, that it is frustrating. That's the word that I'll just keep repeating because you want to see him do well. You want to get um, productivity out of those players. I, I was using air quotes uh, on tear um, while we were sitting here, and, <laughs> and and Eric said, you know, he's gone on tear. No, but you're right. A goal and assist, 
He played well against Orlando. From not having him on the roster or, and being out from injury, I'll take a goal and an assist and and flashes of taking shots and do something and, and running. I'll take that. That's oh, a tear for me. That's a. I understand. <laughs> it's it's all relative in terms of how yes. it goes. Um, no, it, it absolutely is is one of those things. You get Zlatan Ibrahimovic back for the team. That's the real difference here. Uh, going against Minnesota, is you have Zlatan. Uh, can he score four goals? Yeah, he could score four goals. Could he score five goals? Uh huh. Yeah, sure. Could he <laughs> score six goals, Eric? Do you, do you think would you put that outside the realm of possibility for Zlatan Ibrahimovic against Minnesota United? I think six goals is possible. Six goals is possible. If I told you he could score seven no, goals, seven's too many. Seven's too seven's many. Too okay, many. that's your upper limit. My, so, my, yeah. Six is my my cutoff. So if Zlatan scores seven goals, Eric will do the next podcast. I'll naked. buy you. A, yeah, that's yeah. a fact. That's a guarantee. Fact. It. Write that's, it down. That's an almost. I will fact. agree to that. That's an almost fact. <laughs> I'll flex my pecs like Rolf <laughs> Felch- Felcher. Oh, Rolf. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Getting so, loopy. That's what happens whenever you get later <laughs> on, the, on a Thursday. Thursdays are hard, people. Thursdays are like the busiest days at work. And then you have, and then you're already, you're, 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 you're basically looking ahead. You're already yeah. past Thursday. You're looking at Friday. Most of the people who listen to this podcast are going to listen Friday or Saturday, yeah. and they're going to be like, I don't remember what Thursday felt like. They're already like. thinking about the Saturday game. Yeah, exactly. So it, it'll be, again, it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, LA Galaxy face off against Minnesota United and then have a game, another home game, on Tuesday coming up against uh, Colorado Rapids. So all those things, again, the Colorado Rapids, they just played. They will get the season series out of it basically in a two-week span. They'll, they'll play both times, and that'll be done. Um, so the Galaxy looking realistically, if you're looking at this, that's six points. Should be. Saturday? Six points in, in, what is that, four days. Yeah, and it's two shutouts. Um, now, you're not you're no, not keeping Darwin no. <laughs> Quintero off, the, off no, the board. No, he's going to evolve his way into a couple goals. The Galaxy have six shutouts on the year. I would like to point that out. Six shutouts on the year. And Minnesota only has, uh, or at least their keeper, Shuttlesworth, only has two shutouts. Correct. So, you know, you will be able to score on them. Uh, or I you will, should be able to score on them. Excuse here, me. Here, here's the deal is that uh, Minnesota's uh, uh, defense um, basically, Bobby Shuttleworth has faced 112 shots so far this year, and David Bingham has faced 127 shots. That tells so you something. Yeah, you think? And, and Darwin Quintero leads <laughs> leads their team in goals and assists and shots, shots on goal, leads them in, uh, you know, whatever you can lead a team in, he leads their team in. Uh, forward uh, Angelo Rodriguez was also acquired from Colombian side uh, CD Tol- Tolima. Yeah, we'll yep, go with that. You got it. In uh, in July, uh, he became the club's second designated player ever. Darwin Quintero is the first ever designated player for Minnesota United. Uh, he became the club's second designated player and made his first start for Minnesota on August 4th. So another guy to sort of keep an eye. It's funny if you go to the website, cornerofthegalaxy.com, you click on uh, one of the stories there. It's the notebook that Larry uh, Morgan, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. That's his official name, by the way. It drives him crazy. So I really need you guys. To, <laughs> if you see Larry in person, you can say, hey, it's Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Uh, I'm thinking about making a shirt for it, quite honestly, because oh, I know nice. that's going to drive him crazy as well. So <laughs> um, that's how it works here. But, you know, Panda Panda has Panda. I have the Pato, and then it's going to be uh, Larry Morgan not on Twitter. But if you go, you click on his notebook, you see that Siggy Schmidt has faced Darwin Quintero almost every year for a very long time, it seems like, uh, playing for, um, what was it, Club America? Yeah, he was playing for Club yep. America. He's playing for other places, and, and so the Seattle Sounders were facing off against him all the time, and so, yeah, that's how it all goes. So so apparently Siggy Schmidt can't avoid He's very familiar Darwin Quintero I'll all. take that as a good thing. He knows what to expect. Yeah. Uh, it'll Again, it's going to be an interesting game. I don't think this is easy game for the Galaxy. There's no such thing. Uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, but if... I mean, this should be a win. There's no excuse for it not to be a win. I'm going to tell you how it is. It should be a win. The Galaxy should win this 3-1 to one or 3-2, to two and that's it. Thank you very much. Zlatan gets both both of his goals. 
Um, and Roman Alessandrini finds another one. I mean, come on. This is written. Zlatan gets 500. He probably has to score in stoppage time to rescue the galaxy. He gets the last one. Yeah, if he's going to score two, he's going to get the brace. He's going to get the last one there. But, you know, to, to make a prediction, to make it official, I'm going to say the Galaxy are going to lose this one, 3-2. Oh, get think, out. I think eventually I'll mute him. The, the luck is going to run out. They're, they're going to learn a lesson from this and say, we can't keep falling behind, and we're not. Zlatan's not going to come back to save us every time. Because the script, I, I can totally picture it. You know, they're, they're down 2-1. They tie 2-2. Zlatan's on 499. It's just written. He's going to get the game winner. It's going to be amazing, and it's not going to happen. You know, they're just going to let us down. It's going to be a 2-2 draw or a 3-2 loss. I, that's how I picture it going down. Of course, guaranteed to be wrong. So you know what that <laughs> there means. There we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> he winked for all the good, the good potting that we do. Well, you know, if you, I was looking at a 538 as well. The Galaxy have the highest possible win percentage out of all MLS games this weekend. Oh, they're, they're, that, that's they're the, guaranteed to be wrong. They're the highest percentage that is supposed to win this weekend. So that's why I don't have a good feeling about it. That's funny. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's really good. Yeah, no. Um, again, stone cold locks on that one. I mean, come on. <laughs> Come on, definitely going to win that game. Um, no, again, it's MLS. Everything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, I will say this. The Galaxy were undefeated whenever they scored the first goal and were leading at halftime until last week. Keyword were. Yeah. In until, altitude. Until Colorado. So, yeah, that's how it is. All right. Uh, anything else, Eric? You think you're, no, you're good? No, I'm good. I'm feeling good. I got in my, my two jokes, my dad jokes. I'm feeling really good about tonight. All right. Well, good. I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm glad that you're satisfied. I don't know if everybody else is. But can I do this for me? Yeah, I'm just going to say. Tell people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter, at GIS Hammer. You can also find me on the Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles podcast. You can find them at Guys in Shorts LA. And then you could also check me out this Tuesday, Find me at the game. I'll be bringing some of the King's Realm podcast guys to the game. So it'll be a nice little field trip for us on Tuesday versus Colorado. So you can follow the King's Realm guys at King's Realm Pod. They do a King's podcast. So that hockey season's coming back soon. So make sure to check them out. All right. Sounds good. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, go to at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of our articles. Larry's got two great ones up there you're going to want to check out. We'll have our game previews, all the podcasts you can find there right as well. And don't forget, Panda and Pato in the morning t-shirts, still for sale. Uh, Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com and click the shop button. Uh, You'll find them right there, and you can get your very own Panda and Pato. Just $20 uh, gets you that wonderfully ugly t-shirt that you can see a duck wearing boat shoes. If that isn't just genius on my part, I don't know what is, but cornerofthegalaxy.com hit shop you can pick up scarves there as well if you're listening to the podcast just go right in the description i'll put that link for you all right i think that about does it for us tonight uh la galaxy minnesota united on saturday colorado on tuesday lots of fun soccer coming your way right at StubHub center so make sure you're out there for mr eric the portuguese hammer Vieira, i'm josh kessman and you've been listening to corner of the galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com have a great one everybody You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.